Hello, this is Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, and today we'll be mapping the GAPS diet on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix Special Nutrition Therapy Series, where we're going to dive into the approaches, practices, dietary theories, and healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices across the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons, which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. That's the functional matrix. The functional nutrition matrix reminds us of three very important factors in clinical care. Everything is connected. We are all unique. And all things, all the things that our clients and patients do every single day matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with one of my original mentors, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. Dr. Natasha is a medical doctor with two postgraduate degrees, Master of Medical Sciences in Neurology and Master of Medical Sciences in Human Nutrition. She is well known for developing a concept of GAPS, Gut and Psychology Syndrome, which she described in her book, Gut and Psychology Syndrome, Natural Treatment for Autism, ADHD, Dyslexia, Dyspraxia, Depression, and Schizophrenia, now in its second edition. Thousands of people around the world follow the highly successful GAPS nutritional protocol to help themselves and their families, and you will soon understand why. Dr. Natasha, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm so thrilled to have you here with us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. So as the students in the Functional Nutrition Lab community know, I attribute one of the biggest sparks in my career trajectory to a lecture I attended with you, Dr. Natasha, maybe it was like a decade ago, where the connections you were making about the gut-brain connection literally blew my mind. And you were a pioneer in this whole gut-brain conversation. And I first just want to thank you for your work and for your inspiration. Thank you very much. So we're talking about the GAPS diet today. And GAPS, as many of us know, stands for gut and psychology. It's a healing diet that focuses on removing foods that are both difficult to digest and damaging the intestinal lining and gut flora. Can you just take us through a kind of general overview of the diet and why it works to both heal and replenish the gut and brain function? GAPS stands for both gut and psychology syndrome and gut and physiology syndrome. Mm. My first book, <clears throat> Gut and Psychology Syndrome, focused on the function of the brain, on mental illness and learning disabilities. And that book first came out in 2004. 
in its first edition. This is in the second edition now. This year, I am completing the GAPS concept by publishing the second GAPS book called Gut and Physiology Syndrome, where I cover the rest of the body. We will talk about not just uh, the first book focused on the mental illness and learning disabilities. This book focuses on all the autoimmune illnesses, allergies, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and neurological illnesses, hormonal illnesses, skin illnesses, all sorts of illnesses in the human body. Because from my point of view, all diseases begin in the gut. Yep. This was a statement made by uh, the father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, all those thousands of years ago. And today, we, through clinical experience, absolutely convinced that he was right, very, very correct. Every disease begins in the gut because the gut holds 90% of cells in the body and those are microbial. We have a huge microbial community living inside our digestive system. And not only inside our digestive system, we have a, a body microbiome. We have microbes everywhere. Yeah. Nothing is sterile in the human body. Nothing. Everything has microbes. We have microbes living in our blood, in our lungs, in our heart, in our brain everywhere, in our bodily cavities, uh, but the biggest community lives in the gut. And the modern science, you know, the Western science in the last decade suddenly got interested in right. gut. <laughs> Before then, they didn't know about it. Now they suddenly got interested and the research is just piling up, which is wonderful. And uh, uh, they discovered now, um, they've estimated that 90% of all cells in the human body are in our gut flora. 90%. Yeah, which amazing. means that Human body is only 10%. It's a shell, a habitat. And of course, those 90% of us affect everything in the body. No matter how far away from the gut a symptom may develop, maybe you've got rheumatoid arthritis or multiple sclerosis or migraines or something else like that. Make no mistake, the origin, the roots of that disorder are in your gut. And the reason for that is that majority of the population of the planet uh, the majority of people in, in, in this category are GAPS people. They have abnormal gut flora, unbalanced microbial community because of consumption of antibiotics, agricultural chemicals, most of which are antibiotics in their nature. So today people eat antibiotics for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Correct. And in between. Everything our big agriculture produces is laced with antibiotic-like chemicals and uh, personal care products and other uh, influences from the environment, they all damage the balanced, finely, very finely balanced microbial community in our human bodies. And when that happens, when the balance is gone, various creatures which were perfectly beneficial for us as part of the balanced, harmonious community of the microbes suddenly get out of control. They overgrow and they become pathogens. They become a problem for the body. They digest food in their own way, they convert it into thousands of very poisonous chemicals. At the same time, they damage the integrity of the gut wall, making it porous and leaky. <clears throat> so all these chemicals absorb. And at the same time, the food doesn't get the chance to be digested properly before it absorbs. So you start reacting to these undigested foods, developing allergies and intolerances to foods. In short, your digestive system, instead of being a source of nourishment for you, becomes a major source of toxicity in the body. A river of toxins flows through the damaged gut wall out of this uh, activity of microbes in your gut. And wherever this toxic river gets to, it causes disease. Whether it's the brain, the lungs, the heart, the mm -hmm. skin, 
the liver, anywhere else, you will get disease. And that is what GAPS is, gut and psychology syndrome and gut and physiology syndrome. I'm so glad that you just described that in the way you did. And you really brought us all around the center part of the functional nutrition matrix, what I call the soup, right? Everything is connected. And what you're speaking to is how deep those connections go and how much it, we need to focus on that gastrointestinal function. When we go to the left side of the matrix in relation to gaps, so what I like to think of this as the story, and if we think of the story of the GAPS diet. Can you talk about the origins a bit, where you had come up with the theories that are now known to be part of the GAPS diet? The origins, my whole life, <laughs> my personal <laughs> experience, my family experience, my clinical experience, everything led to it, everything. And uh, it, it led to development of the GAPS nutritional protocol. The purpose of this nutritional protocol is to harmonize your gut flora, to change the composition of your gut flora, to make it the harmonious, balanced, diverse community of microbes it's supposed to be, to rebalance it. Second, to heal and seal your gut wall. We basically build a new gut wall for the person out of new, healthy, robust cells made out of good quality materials which come from the diet. And once that happens, once the gut heals itself and seals itself, all the holes close up and the gut flora normalizes, that river of toxicity stops, the food starts digesting properly before it absorbs, so your food allergies and intolerances disappear one by one. I even have now a group of patients in whom anaphylactic type allergies disappeared. Wow. It was a nice surprise for us when we discovered that. But even these kind of allergies can disappear once you heal and seal your gut wall. And all sorts of illnesses start melting away. No matter how far away from the gut they may develop, such as schizophrenia, for example, or depression, or uh, bipolar disorder, or multiple sclerosis. Yeah, or heart disease. So many other things that you've looked at. I have so many questions for you, Dr. Natasha. I'm wondering first if you could talk about the connection to specific carbohydrate diets. I went to the lecture of uh, Elaine Gottschalk, the late Elaine Gottschalk, God bless her, wonderful lady. That was 1994, mm -hmm. I think, when I went to her lecture. And it immediately clicked for me, immediately. And I met her and we spoke we had a good conversation and then we corresponded until she passed away we became professional friends we developed a professional friendship and uh, i realized that this research that she was carrying to the people which was done originally by a group of gastroenterologists in new york in the children's hospital in new york in the 1930s and 40s they worked with children who in those days were labeled as celiac children because in those days they haven't discovered gluten yet Celiac disease was not classified as a gluten intolerance. All kinds of digestive disorders were included into that diagnosis. Many, many of them uh, got excluded when gluten was discovered and they decided that celiac only applies to gluten intolerance. Right. Before then, you know, celiac, the diagnosis of celiac disease uh, meant many, many different, and irritable bowel syndrome was included there, maybe Crohn's disease was included, maybe ulcerative colitis was included, all kinds of children and adults. And this uh, group of doctors in New York, um, Sidney Haas, his son Merrill Haas, and some other doctors together, they were looking for a solution for these children because these children just could not hold down any food. 
It was diarrhea, diarrhea. The child was just melting away and dying. And uh, through experimentation, they found they developed this diet, STD. And the result, uh, it was so successful, this diet, for all of those conditions which were included into the diagnosis of celiac disease in those days. They've written a textbook for medical profession on the treatment of celiac disease. And at that point, that textbook was accepted all over the world and uh, Haas was recognized for his contribution. But then this little paper comes out of Birmingham University that they discovered gluten and they've reclassified celiac disease as gluten enteropathy. And uh, as a result, only 1% of these patients that this diet helped was kept within the diagnosis of celiac disease. All other patients were excluded, mm. reclassified as, as, as different diagnostic labels. And as a result, the, the diet was pronounced to be an outdated information and, and promptly forgotten by the mainstream. And it would have been completely forgotten if it wasn't for um, Elaine Gottschild. Right. She had, she had a daughter, her four-year-old daughter had ulcerative colitis. The doctors were planning to cut out most of her bowel. Hmm. And she had autism. She had learning disabilities. She was a classical uh, GAPS child. And desperate, she was looking for some solution alternative to cutting out the whole bowel. And somebody gave her the phone number of uh, Sydney Haas who was retired in complete oblivion by then, you know, uh, he was quite elderly by then, everybody forgot about him. She contacted him and she flew to New York and she visited him and had a good consultation with him. And he explained everything to her, what he has discovered. She put her little daughter on this diet and the daughter recovered from everything. Right. In, in two, three years, she was free of ulcerative colitis, autism, learning disabilities from every every health problem the child had you know and it was so transformative for elaine that she spent the rest of her life she went to university she got a degree in biology and she spent the rest of her life researching the diet researching the composition of all the foods that are allowed in the diet and uh, the result of her work was this book that she's written breaking the vicious cycle right i've used that diet with my patients immediately started getting results immediately but then i come from a traditional culture so you know my mother taught me to cook my grandmother healed me from a very severe digestive disorder when i was a baby i i was when i was 16 months old i nearly died because i had a terrible uh, digestive disorder that nobody could explain and my grandmother healed me with soup and with homemade yogurt you know with homemade right. things and uh, i put all that information that i had from my culture my traditional culture and personal experience with SCD, mm -hmm. and as I was working with my patients, with thousands of patients, the diet evolved. And then my patients called it the GAPS diet, but it stemmed from SCD. I love it. It's so amazing to hear that history and to see that evolution. And one of the things that I love that you're talking into is that this is nutritional therapy. And I think in our quick fix culture, our not traditional culture, people think that healing the gut or dealing with the intestinal uh, structure and flora is maybe taking a few probiotics as opposed to the work that we really have to do to get in there and do the healing 
healing by eliminating certain foods and bringing in other foods. Can you talk a little bit about the foods that we have to bring in? I know you mentioned some of those that we have to eliminate, but what are the most healing foods that are included in the GAPS diet for that healing journey? Food is the most powerful influence of human health. Yes. Bar none, the most powerful. Unfortunately, our mainstream medicine has been uh, programmed by those powers that rule it, that food has nothing to do with health. <laughs> you just take a pill. And, and that mentality really is pervasive, particularly in the Western world. People expect you just take a pill and fix the problem. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. It is your own body that heals itself. Not the doctor, not the pill, not the diet, not the book, nothing. Your own body does the work. Mm -hmm. And human body renews itself all the time. All the tissues in the human body get renewed all the time. Because every cell in the human body only lives a short life. They get old, they get tired, worn out, they die, and they get replaced by newly born cells, newly born baby cells. That's how human body rejuvenates itself, renews itself all the time, and heals any damage. This is a wonderful process called cell regeneration. In order for the human body to give birth to trillions of new baby cells every day, building materials are required. And these building materials need to be of a certain quality in order to create a quality body for yourself. Not body built out of rubbish that you buy in the supermarket. Quality materials. The most important tissue in the human body is called connective tissue. That is what literally the structure of your body is made from. And it's collagen, it's gelatin, mm -hmm. it's glucosamine, mm -hmm. and many other elastic molecules that are holding you together. Your gut wall in particular is an is a, is a almost pure connective tissue. Your blood vessels, the sheaths of your nerves, the stroma of every internal organ. Your muscles are largely connective tissue, the structure of the muscle. The, the skeleton of your skeleton, the skeleton of your bones is connective tissue. And this tissue is being renewed all the time. In order to rebuild it, we have to provide substances that it's built from. And the number one substance that will provide building materials for your connective tissue is homemade meat stock. Not bone broth, meat stock. There's a difference between the two. Tell us and the in difference. The, in the GAPS nutritional protocol, we eat meat stock, mm -hmm. not bone broth. Okay. What is meat stock? You take a leg of lamb, you take a head of pig, you take a neck of an animal, you take a spine of the animal with meat on it, but it's got all the joints, all the bones, nothing's removed. You see, in the West, uh, butchers are trained to be this kind of di dissect the meat, you know, remove yeah. every bone, remove all connective tissue, all ligaments, just leave pure muscle. Pure muscle of any animal is not so healthy to eat, particularly when it's lean. Mm -hmm. Majority of the animal, just like the majority of our human bodies, is connective tissue. That is the biggest part of the animal, and that is the biggest part of our meals, supposed to be, connective tissue. So if the animal is not dissected like that, to remove everything, these butchers just remove all the most beneficial substances and, and throw them away, and they're not available for people to buy. No, we want to cut the animal into chunks just the way the animal is, without dissecting or removing anything. So if we take a neck of the animal, if we take a shoulder, if we take a bit of a spine with the skin on it, with all the muscles, all the ligaments, everything, all the bones inside, or the leg of the animal, or the feet of the animal, uh, all the cartilage, everything, and then put it in a large pan, add water to it, about you know three times more 
water than the, the bulk of the meat that is in there, salt, pepper, and cook it for a few hours on the stove until the meat is soft. Then the meat will serve as a meal and we, we strip all the bones like a piranha, you know, we eat, eat all the little gelatinous parts and bits, everything. And the bouillon that it results, the liquid that it was cooked is delicious, it's clear, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. And that is called meat stock. It is rich, it is rich in collagen, in gelatin, in glucosamine, in all, uh, you know, lipoproteins and all these other substances that the bulk of your body is made of. The more of this meat stock you drink, the more you make soups with it, the more of it you consume. And the more you strip like a piranha that piece of meat, uh, that, that piece of the animal with all the connective tissues on it, the more you're rebuilding your own connective tissue. And that is the medicine. This knowledge has been in all traditional cultures all over the world. Every traditional culture was making soups. And the basis of every soup was meat stock made out of these parts of the animal. Meat stock. Every nation, you can time the decline in the health of the nation to the moment when that nation stopped making their soups on meat stock and started making it on uh, plain water. And that's what's happening in the English-speaking countries. The soup is, is, is a nonsense here. Right. Particularly what's sold in the supermarkets. It is not a soup. Soup is something you've eaten a bowl of it. You don't want anything else anymore. Right. It is a meat in itself. It's complete. And you eat with it with the meats, and, and the, the stock is the most important part. So that is the number one staple of the GAPS diet. And then when we look at the diet, the dietary piece of the GAPS diet, you also are looking at key supplementation and the processes, the natural processes of detoxification, correct? The uh, Many people can do GAPS diet without any supplements at all. Okay. The diet will remove all nutritional deficiencies. Mm -hmm. And the fermented foods, which are another uh, cornerstone of GAPS diet, fermented foods, they will provide all the probiotics necessary in large amounts and balanced communities and much in a much better form. So these are the two most important things in the diet. And every human being used to eat these things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for millennia. Right. We stopped eating these things when, uh, with the advent of the food industry on the planet. And of course, food industry is a business. It's interested only in profit. It's not interested in your health. It removed these vital foods out of people's diets because people are not cooking anymore at home. The only way to have good health and the only way to bring to have a healthy family is to cook. There is no other way. We must get back into the kitchens and we must start cooking our own meals from fresh ingredients according to traditional recipes. I couldn't agree more. I have one more question for you, at least for this conversation. I know I have many more questions for you, but any contraindications that you've found in your patient population? No contraindications. Dr. Natasha, thank you again for being a pioneer in this understanding that we all now have about the connections, not just between the gut and the brain, but as you said, the gut and the entirety of our physiological function. And thank you for inviting me. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix team features music by Gilbert Nakayama with production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook with mixing and editing by Rowan Bradley. 
You can find episodes on all kinds of nutrition and health-related topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode by email, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.